Good morning, Solano Valley Church. How's everybody doing today? My name is James. I'm a worship pastor in Davis, California. This is my lovely wife, Megan, and we're privileged to be here leading you into the throne room. Just want to invite you guys to stand with us today, and uh, we'll hop into this. So, Jesus, God, we thank you that you say that we can enter your throne room with boldness, God, to receive the grace and the mercy that you have for us, God. God, that you say you give grace to the humble, God. So today we just declare our need for you, God, that we, we have needs, God, that we carry anxiety, God, we carry worry, God, that uh, only you um, know fully how to deal with, God. These things we try to deal with on our own, God. Today we just surrender. God, we just ask that we be able to meet with you, God. Done for me. 
not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. our faith this morning. We lift our faith above our fear. strives to roll over my bones pains all brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken I won't be shaken sing that again when darkness when darkness tries to roll over my bones, and sorrow, and sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know, I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Come on, let's declare this out. Let's lift it up. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Place to hide. I am not captive to the I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. No. I won't be shaken. My fear, my fear doesn't stand. 
stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. No. Let's sing that again. My fear. My to shift our perspective today that it's sometimes it's so easy to put things on other people that only God can carry. These burdens and expectations we have that only God's meant to carry. If that's you, let's just sing this one more time. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in Steps to stand on you, God. And 
anything else we leave behind, God. Cause my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Jesus, so we just thank you for this morning, God, and that you're already speaking, you're already moving in this room, that we're not here by accident today, God, that you're the God who seeks us out, God, and you're pursuing us today, God. Guys, pray for the rest of the service, God, that you just continue speaking and seeking us out, Lord Jesus. Good morning, church. James and Megan, thank you so much for being here this morning and ushering us into the presence of God, and um, thank you. Well, this morning, we are going to continue our worship by taking the Lord's Supper together. And typically, when, when I start the Lord's Supper, I kind of talk about um, the, the history and the background of what the Lord's Supper is, but In light of what Matt's message is today, I want to talk about the Lord's Supper as worship. The essence of worship is that inner experience of treasuring the true beauty and worth of God. So it's treasuring the beauty of God and the worth of God in our hearts. And the outward expression of worship are the acts that show how much we treasure that beauty and we treasure that worth god tells us whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god so in everything we do we worship we worship that beauty of god and who he is and what he's done for us and in the gathered or the corporate life of the church one of the external acts of worship or treasuring christ is the lord's supper The Lord's Supper expresses the value of Christ by reminding us of him, by allowing us to proclaim his death, and by nourishing our souls. Reminding, Christ gave us this simple Lord's Supper to help us keep him in memory, for he tells us, do this in remembrance of me. It is a tangible reminder. That wafer and that cup that we hold, that's a tangible reminder of his goodness and we do this on a regular basis in the life of the church and it's worship when our hearts feel the preciousness of remembering all christ has done for us and his atoning sacrifice and there's a reason we do it regularly it's so we don't forget we can we you know what we can easily forget Life can, can bombard us, and we can easily forget. But when I say we don't forget, I don't really mean that we forget him, but it's more that we no longer live aligned with the reality and wonder of Christ's death and his resurrection. In addition to reminding, it allows us to proclaim, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus is coming again. And when we take the Lord's Supper, we're proclaiming that. If remembering 
if remembering means calling it to mind what Christ did to align our lives with him, then proclaiming means telling each other. If you really value something, you're going to speak it, you're going to proclaim it, you're going to declare it. And so the Lord's Supper is worship. If in doing it, there is an authentic heart experience that says, this death and all it achieved is so valuable that it must not only be remembered, but it must be proclaimed. And finally, it it nourishes us. Just like our physical bodies need nourishment, so does our soul. Our soul needs nourishment. Our time of worship at the communion table should leave us changed. When we come to the table, we bring our heart into the presence of God. And our souls are nourished as we ponder his love and his goodness toward us. You know, sometimes I just think that simply remembering that Jesus took our burden on our sin so we could return to God, that alone should lead my heart into worship. That alone should lead my heart into worship. So this morning, we're going to worship through communion. I'd like to lead us in a prayer right now um, to help us prepare our hearts to take the communion together. And then after I lead us in that prayer, I'm going to ask you to come forward and to get the elements, to get that tangible element. And I'll have this side come to um, stage right and this side to stage left and gather your elements. And then we'll take our seats together and then I'll actually lead us in the Lord's Supper together. So pray with me if you will. Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and we ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, any rebellion or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. Our desire is to live for you. And we remember and we thank you for your sacrifice. May we align our lives to live for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So right now, I'd ask you to go ahead and come forward and and get the elements. And on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant 
Hallelujah. I am so grateful. Between God and you, sealed by the shedding of my blood, do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Pray with me one more time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus, the supreme sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Because of his blood shed for us and his body broken for us, we can be free from the power and the penalty of sin. Thank you for his victory over death. He took the death that we deserved. He took our punishment. And today we remember and we proclaim and we celebrate that precious gift of life he gave us. Lord Jesus, our hearts draw near with thanksgiving as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.
worshiping with us this morning. Thank you, James and Megan, for being here and stepping in as well. It's a pleasure to serve together with you. Um, Just a reminder, we do have some groups and areas that you can serve in. You can check our app. Some of the groups on break, but it's a great time to connect with maybe a leader. Just shoot them an email if you're interested in attending a service and they might have, or a group, and they might have like a potluck or something they can invite you to or over to their house whatever. We are happy to meet with you and see if you want to connect. It's not scary at all. So go ahead and jump right in. I also want to remind you we do have an opportunity to meet with the pastors. It's 
every Wednesday at 4 p.m. It's at the Journey Coffee out on Chadbourne Road. Um, So if you are wondering what exactly is Coffee with a Pastor, it's for anyone who wants to meet with one of our pastors or both. Um, For any reason, if you have a question, you want to talk about ministry ideas, want to know the direction of our church if you're new to it, or you want to invite a friend, you want to come with and invite a friend and have them answer all those deep, thoughtful questions that you can't answer, Pastor Gary or Matt would be happy to do that. Um, If 4 p.m. is not a great time for you, feel free to contact them, call them, email them, text them, and see if you can set up a different time. They'd be happy to do that. We are also very excited for a ministry opportunity where we can partner with the Red Cross Training. Um, They're going to provide our church and our community with an opportunity to be trained in disaster preparedness. This Thursday, which is June 30th, can you believe it? We're at the end of June already. Um, At 7 p.m., a local representative from the Red Cross will be here to teach us about home fire safety, wildfire safety, and earthquake safety. There's a special flyer out on our welcome table at the front door. If you can scan the QR code to RSVP or you can go directly to our Facebook page and you can RSVP for the event there as well. We are also going to continue our worship through our giving right now. So we have the honor and privilege of worshiping God with our offering. We want to thank all of you who have given so generously to SVC. There are five different ways that you can give. You can visit our website at www.salonavalley.org forward slash giving. You can also tap the give button on our SVC app. You can send a check to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can also text the word GIVE to 707-883-3019. And then if you are here in person and would like to deposit a check, we have a mail slot at the back of the church behind our sound booth that you can place it in. Again, thank you so much. And at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Matt. Thank you so much, Elsa. Good morning again, everybody. I say good morning again, everybody. (laughs) Pastor Gary and Joy are in um, Southern California at the wedding of some dear friends today. So that is why I am here uh, speaking for him and uh, why... uh, James and Megan are here to help us with uh, with worship. And, you know, speaking of the Red Cross, um, what's really neat is, uh, according to the Facebook event page that we put together, we have eight people that are confirmed to attend. And you know how you can do, I think it's yes and then interested and then no. We have 58 people who hit the interested button. So I don't know how many people are going to be here. The organizers have asked me a couple times over the last week, how many are coming? Do you have an idea? I said, well, I know eight are for sure, and 58 are maybe. So bring a lot of stuff uh, to be able to uh, to, to uh, prepare for that weekend or for that uh, uh, event. So that's this Thursday at 7. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, so this... Next month, Carolyn and I 
will have been part of SVC for 28 years. And I, thank you. Uh, and September 11th, obviously that is a date that has a lot of significance in this country. It's also the date of the first public service of SVC back in 1994. So this, is, this year is the 28th anniversary of SVC. And I remember, um, I, was, I was reminding Gary of this recently, that when he and I first met, um, we met at Coffee World. Anyone remember Coffee World over there on what? <laughs> Coffee World, and uh, and that day, the very first day that he and I met, he told me that he and Joy were expecting their first child, and that was Caleb, and so, um, who is uh, 27 now and married, and that's amazing. So we've spent the last 28 years here at SVC leading worship and and serving in a variety of different ways and and it's it's a privilege for me to combine two passions of mine two pa- I hold up three fingers as I say that two passions of mine I never was never good at math that's my wife's department but music and the gospel and being able to combine those two and getting to do that with you know people that I love and respect for all of these years has been something that's it's been very, very special. Um, I have worshipped God through music, not the leading of worship, but just participating in a crowd like you in a variety of ways in, in rescue missions with homeless brothers and sisters in Christ who have, you know, nothing but Jesus. Um, in cathedrals with priests who wore regal robes and colorful sashes, in elementary schools with third graders who aren't the least bit self-conscious about how they express themselves in worship. In this sanctuary all by myself with no one else around with a piano or a guitar. Um, At a Southern Gospel concert where my wife and I were the youngest there by 25 or 30 years easily. Um, In Pentecostal churches with people around us speaking in tongues and 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 the pastor saying can i get a word from the lord and can someone please interpret that for us please um in funeral homes where a hymn or a worship song was played in memory of someone who lived faithfully for christ i've also worshiped in the old arco arena in Sacramento, and I remember that particular night, the worship leader's name was Bono. But I have to say, I don't really think Bono holds a candle to Elsa and Megan and James, if you ask me. Worship through music happened in all of these different venues. And we're going to talk a little bit about worship this morning, but not really about styles or techniques or anything like that. We're going to talk about worship that comes from discerning the importance of the depth of of the death of Christ and apprehending by his grace the profound and immeasurable love that he has for us and that he gave us in Jesus, what we just celebrated with the Lord's Supper. If you have your Bibles with you or a Bible app, I want to ask you to turn to John 12. 
If you don't have either of those, the the scripture that we're going to go through is on the screen. And so John 12, we're going to kick off with verse 1. And once we read through that, keep it open because we're going to come back and reference it a few more times, okay? So John 12, verses 1 through 8 says this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Jesus, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. And then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, and which was an expensive perfume, And she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected to this. He said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth a year's wages. Now, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, I want to hit the points first and then just kind of break down each one as we go through them. And the first point I want to make about this passage is that worship is rooted in humility. You cannot worship God and be proud. You cannot do it. So we look at this very lowly demeaning thing that Mary does in this passage. She washes Jesus' feet. Now, it was customary in that time for the host of the house to give water to the guests to wash their own feet. But in that culture, it was even beneath a Hebrew slave to wash the guests' feet. It was a lowly, lowly task. And a little bit later at the Last Supper, Jesus himself wrapped a towel around his waist. He picked up a basin of water and he began to wash the disciples' feet And that's what Mary did. She washed the Savior's feet. And then she untied her hair. This is significant. Because at that time, there were rules about how much of a woman's hair can be shown. And and for Mary to let her hair down in public was completely um, inappropriate for any respectable woman. You know, when my wife Carolyn gets home from work, one of the first things that she does is she puts her hair up in a scrunchie. It's like the work hair is done for the day and the home hair <laughs> is getting started. She puts on a T-shirt. She gets you know comfy sweatpants or whatever, and then the hair goes up. I love her long hair. I, I love your hair. In fact, let's all just take a moment and stare at her hair. Okay, <laughs> okay that was good. That's good. Good. Three or, three or four seconds. That's enough. But when she gets home, that hair goes up. And um, when Mary wiped Jesus' feet with her hair, with her hair, not using a towel, she cleaned them. 
She perfumed them. She wiped them with her own hair. Now, Mary had to have experienced something, I believe. What was going on? Well, she had just watched Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. She had encountered Jesus and had encountered his power. They had had a conversation. She was the one who saw Jesus raise her brother Lazarus after he'd been dead for four days. And in this act, this act of washing Jesus' feet, Mary was saying, I know who you are, and I really don't care what anyone else thinks right now. I am going to worship you in this way. I am going to honor you with all that I am. Her worship is rooted in humility. Secondly, worship must have the right motivation. Why is Mary doing what she's doing? The why is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. It's not just important what we do, but also why we do what we do. It's important in the life of a follower of Jesus because there are lots of reasons that people do moral things and spiritual things. Sometimes it's because we enjoy the pat on the back. We like to have our egos massaged a little bit. Applause can be intoxicating. I know it can be for me. And I have, <laughs> I, God is still chipping away at that in me. You know, he, I get a little bit of humility and then I take it back. And then God keeps having, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. Another motivation for serving, and I've seen this in myself and in others, is to use it as sort of a bargaining chip with God. God, if I, I, I need your protection, I need your help, I need your provision, so I'm going to do these good things for you so that you will do these things for me. But why did Mary do what she did? I think the answer is in verse 7, which says, where Jesus said, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Now somehow Mary, by faith, saw something that the disciples didn't know. She perceived that Jesus was going to die, and he was doing something for her that was necessary. There's a verse, one of my favorite old hymns is, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Anyone familiar with that hymn? And there's a verse in there that I think perfectly describes Mary's heart in this passage. And it says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We worship when we discern the importance of the death of Christ, knowing that he did something for us that we could never do for ourselves, knowing that it's a gift from him. Third, worship is costly. It's costly. Now, this perfume for Mary was expensive, very, very expensive. In fact, if you recall, it was Judas who put the price tag on it. He said it could have been sold for a year's wages. Now, this perfume, it was not the kind of gift that you can put on your mantle and treasure it and talk about it when people visit your home. It's the kind of gift that once you give it, I mean, it disappears. That's what the perfume did. It just went into the dirt, and it was gone. 
a year's worth of wages. And, and I'll be, if I could be real with you for a moment, I can kind of a little bit understand Judah's subjection. Mary, what a waste. I mean, it's good to be devoted to Jesus, but you're taking this too far. This is a gross mismanagement of funds. What would Dave Ramsey say? Do the words Financial Peace University mean anything to you, Mary? But Jesus didn't rebuke her for it, did he? He knows that considering his sacrifice, there's no such thing as over-extravagance. He received it. I'm going to brag on my wife again. She is a whiz with numbers. I am not. She has an accounting background. She's very bright with all of that. I see an Excel spreadsheet, and I get a migraine. She sees it and imagines all the possibilities that lay before her. (laughs) She knows all the accounting principles. She knows QuickBooks and and, uh, TurboTax and and envelopes, and, and she knows how to make things balance out in the end. Humor me for just a second. I think that knowing Christ is kind of similar to Carolyn preparing a brand-new accounting program. By that, I mean this. The Gospel of Matthew describes it this way, Matthew 13:44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Now, this is a parable, and a man finds a treasure hidden in a field. He is willing to sell everything that he owns because he knows that the treasure is worth more, a thousand times more, a million times more, infinitely more than all that he has. And so with joy, and that's the word that we see here, with joy, he gives up all that he has to get that treasure. That is the accounting principle of the follower of Christ. Being a Christ follower means that you have a new spiritual accounting principle, that you give with joy everything because Christ, our treasure, is worth so much more. What you're getting is infinitely more than you could ever give. Fourth and finally, worship is giving yourself. It's giving yourself. What God really wants is you and me. Ultimately, there are two more verses in John 12 that I'd love for you to look at with me. I have these on the screen, verses 23 to 25. It says, Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Gary is often uh, referred to um, Pastor Tim Keller in his messages. And uh, I, I love Tim's writing. He, he's the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian in New York City fighting pancreatic cancer right now. And, um, He tells this story of a man, this this is a powerful story, of a man who was taking a rafting trip down a river in Maine. 
And the man came upon a dam, and he thought that he could navigate it because it didn't appear to be too large, too intimidating. It seemed like he could manage it. And so he tried to do so, but he failed. His raft capsized, and he ended up at the base of the dam, caught in a whirlpool. And there was a backwash and a current that created this whirlpool-like effect. And so he tried to swim away from that current. And as he did so, he was drawn back again and again and again. The power of that current kept pulling him back over and over. There were people that were on uh, the shore witnessing this, and, and they couldn't do anything about it. They just watched in horror as the man struggled to free himself and to get away. Now, in cold temperatures, and this river was very cold, it can take anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes for hypothermia to set in, right? And for this gentleman, it took about 20 minutes for it to set in. And he died. But the moment that he died, his body was sucked into the whirlpool, and five seconds later, he emerged downstream past the current the current that he thought would drown him actually would have saved him in saving his life in a trying over and over attempting to save his life he lost it the apparent death that he saw that he imagined would happen was actually the way to life. Jesus was saying in John 12, lose your life and you'll save it. Now, it can sound like following Christ sometimes can be the death of joy, the death of fulfillment or the death of my options, but it's the very beginning of it all. It really is. The more that we hold on to our own lives and all the stuff of this world, that this world says you must have the more we lose. Ever since James showed up, I've been coveting his guitars. Did you say amen? <laughs> the more we hold on to our lives and all the stuff the world says you must have, the more that we lose. But you know what? The cross is that whirlpool. And when you lose your life in the cross, you find it. As we leave here this morning, I want to challenge you to follow Mary's lead and humble yourself and discern the cross and collapse before it and to look at what Jesus has accomplished on your behalf and on mine. To just give yourself, to stop fighting, to lose yourself in that whirlpool of the cross. And when you do that, I believe you'll find life. You'll find the heart of worship. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I ask you to help us humble ourselves and lose ourselves in the cross. By your spirit and by your grace, Lord, awaken us to this profound and immeasurable love that you have given us in Jesus. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Before I invite the band back up, I want to invite 
two of the coolest people on the planet to join me on stage. Will you please welcome, they're, they're smiling and laughing, because you know it's true. Will you please welcome Carly Prodovinsky and Kaylee Mills to the stage, please? Ladies, if you'll stand here to my right. I would appreciate that. They just recently graduated high school and... Oh, yeah, we do it big here. We really do. So uh, Carly just graduated from Rodriguez, and uh, Kaylee, you just graduated from Vanden, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, you know, in in case you didn't know, in addition to leading our worship, I also have the privilege of of leading our student ministries. And, And Wednesday nights with our students is a ball because things are predictable, in, but they're not at all either. Uh, it, it's really one of the highlights of my week. And I just want you both to know, I know being up here is hard for you, but I, I, I want you both to know how much I have so enjoyed enjoyed your presence and your participation in our student ministry. You make life and ministry a lot of fun. And so I want you to know how, how proud I am of you and, and Jen, my co-leader, how proud we are of both of you and what you've accomplished. And, and um, so we have some special uh, gifts for you. Uh, and got it? Okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Carolyn, for helping out here. So uh, Pastor Gary has, has often talked about what a great resource the uh, ESV Study Bible is. And these are actually the, uh, the student editions of the ESV Study Bible and some, some beautiful flowers. And, again, I want to say congratulations. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how God is going to work in and through you moving forward in the future. And, church, I want to ask us to stand. And um, I want to ask us to stand and pray for them and, uh, and then afterwards remain standing uh, for, the, for the closing uh, song here. So let's pray. You ready? All right. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Carly and for Kaylee. And we pray that you would give them direction and purpose and perseverance as they enter this next phase of their lives. Lord, give them clearness of mind to move forward into the plans and purposes that you have for them. And may your word be a lamp into their feet and a light into their paths. May they gain wisdom and discernment from you. May they have courage to stand up for you and for what is right, wherever they work, wherever they study, wherever they socialize. Lord, give them wisdom to spend their time and their resources wisely. Use them in mighty ways to make a difference in this world for your glory and for the sake of the gospel. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Will you give them a hand, please?
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay in my head I will sing of the goodness Jesus, God, we just thank you. 
God, for your voice, God, your presence in our lives, God. And I just ask that uh, you'd go with us, God, that we'd be able to keep our eyes on you until next week when we gather, Lord Jesus. God, we just thank you for your love. Amen. Go in peace.